The Bazaar is an explicit radio program, listener discretion is advised. Welcome! Got something that might interest you. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome back to yet another episode. I cannot believe it's that time again. I have to get another episode ready. Today's interview is with Steven Spiel and Georgia Cara and we are discussing Steven's feature debut and it's also Georgia's feature debut as director and actress respectively uh, in the movie Living Space which I had the pleasure of watching just before I recorded with them. Really fun movie. I implore you to check it out. And again, thanks for everyone who is listening and any new people. And I suppose we'll get straight on with the show. There is heavy spoilers about halfway through, so I would say try and go out and watch this before listening. But it is a good interview nonetheless. So without further ado... Sit back, relax, and enjoy my chat with Stephen and Georgia. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I have with me this evening Stephen and Georgia. Georgia, would you like to open up for us? Hello. Um, so I'm Georgia Chara, and uh, I'm the lead actress in the movie Living Space. Um, I've been acting for about 10 years now and it's great. It's good fun. Excellent. And Stephen, what about yourself? You're the director in all this madness. Yeah, um, my name's Stephen Spill. I'm the writer and director of Living Space. And uh, yeah, it's been a little creation that I've been doing for the last two and a half years now. So it's so great to finally see it all out there. Excellent. No, it was great. Now I got to see it this evening as you literally messaged me on Skype, as I was mentioning before we started recording, the credits are rolling. So it's very fresh in my mind questions are bursting but i don't want to ruin it yet because we want to find out who Stephen and georgia are really we want to get behind the creative and the acting talent of the film so georgia we'll just go back to yourself you mentioned you were acting for nearly 10 years now but what actually got you into acting first day we'll, we'll try and start at the beginning oh it's yeah it's really interesting um a lot of people have asked me that and i I literally was just walking down the street and saw an acting school and thought, you know what, I might give that a go. <laughs> um, it's never something that I thought about doing as a child or anything. Um, yeah, so I got into it that way and I just really loved it. I just think it's um, extremely challenging and I think I enjoy the challenges that it puts forward. So, yeah, that's a very different introduction to acting for me. Um yeah, and I've had lots of like roles on on TV series and things in Australia, and and like this is my first feature, so this is really great. Um, and yeah, a few commercials and things like that. Excellent. No, because uh, I was just looking uh, as you do do your research. You're part of two massive Irish institutions that we have had on the air for years and years: Home and Away and Neighbours. Would you ever okay. believe that they're on every evening and lunchtime in Ireland? Would you believe that? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> perfect in between the news <laughs> and the simpsons in the evening <laughs> really for years and years right. yeah it's fairly funny oh, so really? did you guys get wentworth over there as well uh we didn't actually get wentworth uh i believe your producer was asking me about that but it hasn't come over here yet i haven't seen oh. it 
But Wait till be, you see that. You will love it. It's a great yeah, show. You're, you're in for a big surprise when that comes over, that's for sure. Yeah. So. Excellent. Hopefully it'll get on Netflix. That's where I seem to watch everything now. I don't really have a TV at home. <laughs> Very bad. <laughs> I, just wait for, I just wait for people to get on to me and ask me to review their films, and I just watch that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stephen, then you're just new to the game, really. You're, you had your first... Your, this is obviously your feature debut, Living Space, and then you had Never Forgiven just three years ago now nearly what were you doing yep. before that then how did you get into the industry yeah so I, i've written i actually well, the first film i wrote was actually called addiction back in 2000 and i think it was i started writing that in 2011 or 2012 um so that was a short film as well um it was basically based around drug-induced psychosis um so i wrote that film and then had i was lucky enough to have that get picked up and uh produced over in new york um, and then pretty much from there, I sort of fell in love, you know, with the industry. But I, I started off um, on the other side of the camera and did some small acting roles and was in a film uh, called Daybreakers. That that was with, with Ethan Hawke, Sam Neill, Willem Dafoe. Um, and that was shot up in Queensland. Um, so I went off and uh, basically yeah, went off and shot that film. Uh, had a very sort of small role, although I was on set for three weeks. Um, it was basically a special featured role and I sort of fell in love with the industry at that point and, and then started pretty much writing and, and going from there. Excellent. Geez, Daybreakers, was that the vampire one? Where yes, the vampires that's took correct, over yeah. the world. What was your role in that one? That was a Yeah, so role. I was one of the what well, I was one of the core vampire soldiers. So there was about six or seven of us and basically they just recreated us with CGI. Right. Um, so there's a few few scenes where there looks like there's about 50 to 60 of us but there are actually just us in different positions okay um yeah so they just recreated um us over and over again um there were a few times where they brought in you know, a heap more extras as well for certain shots but um but yeah that was that was a really really big experience that was the first sort of big film set that i'd been on um right. but yeah it, it didn't take me long though to realize that I, i'd much prefer the other side of the camera that's for sure Excellent. And Georgia, would you ever start thinking of writing yourself now? You you wouldn't be compelled. Um, I have actually written a script, but yeah, I I kind of it's definitely acting's definitely my my forte. I I think um, I'm not that great at writing, but it is fun. It is great. I think I'd probably prefer to direct if I was going to do anything out of the two. Um, either yeah, behind the cam, uh, in front of the camera, behind the camera. Sorry. Yeah, I think I'd direct. I reckon that'd be great. I'd say it would be. And then just the two of you then, it was kind of a feature debut for the both of you. How much do you think you both learned over the course of making Living Space? Yeah, um, I might start then, Georgia. I think, I, to be honest, like I, I learned so much um, from everybody um, pretty much involved. Like I'd learned a little bit about um, directing and, and so forth and what I really wanted to sort of achieve. Um, in pre-production, um, as well as um, with my previous shorts and so forth. Um, and I directed a couple of music videos, but nothing of this extent. So it was all fairly new for me, and we had a fairly large set and so forth. And then basically just going through each day, uh, it was just overload of information coming through. And I think um, as we went and we sort of got together as a team environment, things sort of just improved and improved every single day that we kept shooting. Um, and I think... One big thing as well was like Georgia was absolutely amazing to work with and 
to ask some difficult things of her at times and so forth. <laughs> she was just able to deliver. And I think also the friendships that we sort of built um, along the way was, was so made things so much easier for everybody. Um, and that's from me and my, you know, cinematographer. We're, we're absolutely fantastic mates now. Um, I don't know Georgia, Georgia and I are, um, you know, my pro producer and myself as well. So I, I think it was really just one big happy family. Yeah. Excellent. It really was, considering we were shooting, like, horror. <laughs> yeah. Um, we became, yeah, these, these wonderful mates. It, it, yeah, it's beautiful. You can That's like a dream come true on, on set, is that everyone becomes really, really good friends and you collaborate so well together. So, yeah, it was a blessing. Excellent. And then, Georgia, just from being on, having TV roles, how different was this actually being in a fully-fledged film, being the starring role then? How did you find that? Um, well, I think because we also shot so quickly, um, like in a couple of days, like what was it, twelve days or something, Stephen, or was it eleven? Yeah, yeah, we shot, we shot, we shot the whole film actually in eleven days, and then we had one day of pickups, which were just yeah. like cutaways and aerials. So, yeah. So comparing that to like a TV series where you might do maybe like one or two scenes a day, <laughs> um, it's it's so so quick, and you really just had to be in your game and and just push through like especially when you're extremely exhausted you just got to push through yeah that film because it, it was very very intense but television is, is so slow in comparison um but then when you talk to people everyone's like oh television is extremely fast and i was like oh well after doing living space no that's fast and it was hard work <laughs> and it was wonderful you know you didn't have time to to worry about a lot of things you just had to go and that i kind of loved that that was really really good um, it stopped you getting into your head about things and, and worrying too much. So it was great. That's good, yeah. No, because um, just kind of watching it, it was obviously you did a lot with the location. That was just the one space. But it, I, I suppose before we go any further, we haven't actually said what living space is. Stephen, would you like to just give a little <laughs> yeah. bit of an outline of maybe what people could expect if they were to hunt it out? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, Living Space. Um, it's a story of a young American couple and they travel into the heartland of Germany. So that's Brad and Ashley. Uh, and along their travels, they find themselves lost um, and they go to seek shelter pretty much at a uh, abandoned farmhouse. Um, and once they enter that farmhouse, they quickly realise that it's actually not abandoned. Inside lies a dead um, German SS officer and his deceased family and pretty much Brad and Ashley go through this uh, psychological nightmare as such, uh, trying to, you know, escape this environment pretty much. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up really, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really does. <laughs> and Georgia, then when you were given the script first day, were you jumping at the chance? Yeah, yeah, I've never done that kind of genre. I wouldn't haven't even trained in that. I wouldn't, you know, don't even do that in like drama school or anything like that. So I was like, how am I even going to do this? <laughs> um, so, so I was like, yeah, I'm in. I want to. I want to explore this. And I loved that it wasn't a character running around screaming from being frightened by everything. And I thought that was a really good take on it. So I was like, yeah, this is this is really psychological and how how thrilling and how exciting to be challenged like that and would you be a fan of horror yourself normally would you normally watch horror movies at all <laughs> i try to sit through them but 
I get pretty squirmish. Um, yeah, no, I have to watch it through through my hands over my face. Um, yeah, I'm not very good with them, especially ghosts and things like that. Oh, yeah, no, I have nightmares about that. <laughs> so watching yourself back then, were you scared watching it? Or were you like, damn, I look good in that scene? Or how, what way did you approach it? <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly how I watch it. No, um, no, I I was really good because we had a premiere in uh, my hometown of Geelong, and um, I came with my mother, and she was so terrified through the whole thing. And I was I first realised how how frightening it was because I knew what was coming. Yeah, you yeah. know, I was when I filmed it. So when I was watching it, I wasn't frightened, but having my mum next to me jumping at everything was was so fun. <laughs> fun that she was getting scared but then also awful because it's my mum but um <laughs> yeah uh it, it was great it was great that it was really quite frightening for her that is good i would imagine yeah. would she actually getting more terrified seeing that it was her own daughter on the screen do you think that made it worse yeah. for her? you know what so many of my friends have said that they said it was it was hard to watch because they know me you know and i was like oh yeah don't really think about that too much um, but a lot of them said it's it's quite different from who I am naturally, so it was it was easy to separate me from the character. Excellent. That's that's what I always sort of worried about if I ever became an actor, which probably will never happen. But just watching yourself back, that would be tough to kind of watch it as a piece of art that you're not like, hey, that's me. <laughs> that's what I imagine. It is, and you do watch it the first time, kind of analysing your performance a little bit, but then you've just got to let that go. Yeah. You've just got to stop worrying about it and appreciate what, what you've achieved and, and not worry about all that. That's just, yeah. But it's kind of also good to analyse a little bit so you know where you can grow and, and improve. But as long as it, you're not putting yourself down, then that's fine. Of course, yeah. yeah. And then, Stephen, same question to you, but it probably goes without saying since you made the film. <laughs> Are you yeah. naturally a fan of horror yourself then? Yeah, I, I've always sort of loved horror to be honest with you i mean i sort of grew up with late 90s horror and you know like i know what you did last summer that style of thing and then went into a little bit more darker territory and i sort of like the psychological aspects of horror as well like i see shutter island and films like that um you know as you know psychological horrors more so than thrillers as such so um yeah so i sort of wanted to blend uh you know a couple of genres together almost and, and came up with living space but um it's interesting that georgia said about her mum being frightened and so forth. My, my parents actually watched the um, premiere in Adelaide, um, and I think they thought, "Geez, my, our son might need a bit more therapy after watching it." <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, um, uh, but no, no. I mean, like that's you know, it's amazing to see it all come to life now, and and like you know, see something that I wrote on one single piece of paper to start with, um, and then build it as an idea and, and everything actually come to life is is pretty amazing. So great and just i suppose to follow on there you just mentioned it started on one sheet of paper what exactly yep. was the inspiration for the whole film because before i watched it and i saw the title living space i was like i wonder is that liebenstrom and then of course yeah. in the bloody opening <laughs> 30 yeah. seconds it gave a definition so where did you actually come up with the idea for it yeah, well, I mean, the title was probably one of the last things that I actually came up with, to be honest with you. Um, the the I basically wrote down my story arc um, to start with. I always knew I wanted to make a horror as my first um, debut feature. Um, I know a lot of successful directors have, have obviously um, made, made horrors and then gone on to do, you know, sometimes bigger and better things. Others have stayed within the genre and... 
um, yeah, I knew that, you know, horror was definitely something I wanted to do. So I basically, yeah, like I said, wrote down my story arc on a, on a, uh, a single piece of paper. I knew I wanted to throw a young American couple into, you know, an abandoned property as such and, and fill it with some horrors and nightmares. And I knew I wanted to have a psychological aspect on it. I know we'll probably get into that part a little bit later um, uh, as far as, uh, you know, one of the huge spoilers of the film. But, uh, yeah, I guess... Um, yeah, it sort of all started there, and then I sort of just built on all the characters, built on the dialogue, uh, and then thought to myself, well, who's who's probably the scariest uh, person that you could you could come up against? And I, I figured my lead antagonist would be a German SS officer, and then things went from there, and I, I built a backstory to him and his family, and um, basically away we went, really. Right, because I was wondering, it's not really too spoilery, but... Seeing as you were based in Australia and the two of you are Australian, you had, I wrote it down here now, it was two Australians playing Americans driving a British car in Germany, but it was shot in Germany. It was shot in Australia. So why did you make it so hard for yourselves? Why didn't you have two Australians backpacking? Well, to be honest, well, okay, the the Australians backpacking. I mean, the the choice to go American with that is is a purely commercial choice. Right. Um. It it, it has been proven that films are more marketable overseas if you do have American accents throughout. Uh, it seems like it's it's more commonly understood than um, Australian accents, especially in the US as well. Um. So that was just a creative and and sort of marketing decision that myself and um, my producer decided on obviously having australian talent involved as well um obviously we always knew there, there were, was never going to be the financial resources to go over to america i'm uh, nice. sorry to germany sorry to shoot um so we knew that you know shooting here in australia was the only option and we found a perfect place where george is actually originally from in geelong where we shot the whole film so um that, that sort of answered that question um as far as the british car as well um you wouldn't believe it is near impossible to get a um, what is it right hand drive? No, left hand uh, drive. Sorry, yeah, left left hand drive vehicle. Yes. Um, right. Oh, yeah, because you're right hand drive. drive in Australia, isn't it? Yeah, same that's with, correct. Same yeah, with England so, and Ireland. So I I know the plight of the left hand drive every time I go on holidays. If I rent a car, it's nerve. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it, it is literally, it was literally near impossible for us to find something and we would have had to, to ship it in um, from literally interstate and so forth, which we just unfortunately as independent filmmakers didn't have the resources to do. Um, so we, I put the story arc that they've traveled uh, across from, from the UK, which many travelers actually do do um, into Europe. So, yeah. Yeah. You got a, a geographically correct there for the old Yankees coming over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So. so, Georgia, how did you prepare then for the role as an American? How did you get in the headspace for that? I, I've actually, I was in LA about two years ago, um, and I spent a month there um, just with yeah, Americans and things like that, and just kind of exploring their mentality. Um, so I had a so I had that in my belt because I had been auditioning for a lot of American TV shows and things in, from Australia. Um, so we have to do like self tapes and stuff like that. So it was something that was already kind of uh, in my mind. Yeah, and then it was really kind of just putting putting the accent on. But um, what I find is extremely difficult is as soon as you get uh, tired in any sense because I hadn't done night shoots before and they really really threw me. <laughs> 
Uh, it's just how your articulators, like, you just cannot pronounce things. Like, you, you, your body starts shutting down. Like, your muscles just aren't working. So sometimes it was extremely difficult to get to get the, the accent out. Mm. Um, but that's just, you know, that just comes with more practice and more experience and stuff like that. So, um, but in terms of their mentality, um, they're kind of similar and then and then quite different. And I guess we're lucky. There's so many American TV shows and stuff to to watch and, and to kind of gauge where they are and so many interviews of, of Americans and things like that on to find the, the American mentality, um, you know, just going on like YouTube or watching any TV series. Um, yeah, all those wonderful things. We're just so lucky with the internet now. You can kind of find anything, which is great when you're preparing for a character. It is fantastic. And then seeing as it was in your hometown, were you going home to your mom for dinner at night then? How does that work? <laughs> oh, I wish that would be a dream come true. No, <laughs> I don't at home. So, yeah, that it was definitely so good to hop into your own bed. There's nothing like it. It's the best thing to do after <laughs> a day of shooting. <laughs> Excellent. And Stephen, are you from the same area then? Was it just convenient? Uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm from Geelong, and and most of like about ninety percent of our crew was was from uh, not Geelong, sorry, from Melbourne. Um, so that's about uh, about an hour, hour and a half drive from uh, from Geelong where we shot the film. So we actually decided it, it definitely was best if we had everyone accommodated down in Geelong uh, for the entire shoot. So we had all the cast and, and crew and everybody um, basically shacked up in in cabins and and airbnbs and the likes and, and yeah we just basically all stayed down right and then i was wondering as well because there's obviously nazis in the film uh, where did you manage to get all the memorabilia please don't say it was a private collection <laughs> <laughs> no de de definitely not a private collection so we got our um obviously I, I sort of had an idea of exactly what we wanted to achieve with the property and and the look and so forth and um our production uh designer just pretty much went online and and sadly enough um to be honest it was really easy to come by for him so um yeah i mean i had multiple things to choose from when he came to me with um a few different options of stuff and and yeah so it, it's actually it's quite sad to know that that stuff's so accessible um to be honest with you and that it's been reproduced so much um but for us um obviously you know film and everything um you know it's a different story but yeah yeah but were you then were you like purchasing it then as just a, a private collector you weren't saying like there's not like a movie prop size you were actually getting it will say yeah. as if you were a private person is that how you went about to be honest yeah to be honest with you i mean I, I spoke to my production designer and said this is what we need and he went out and got it so i mean i can't personally answer how how he was able to achieve it it's but um collection. as far as yeah yeah possibly but um no no i doubt that um but uh uh, as far as like the uniform and so forth goes um that was that was done through obviously uh sort of higher shop as such um, yeah yeah they held you know obviously many different uniforms and everything so they just had the exact one that we needed right here in melbourne actually so okay. yeah yeah no it was actually it was quite convincing uh, before i looked it up i was like is this in germany it's looking it's looking quite good could possibly yeah. be in germany <laughs> so fair play there was my view of australia is just like dry grasslands everywhere it so it, it literally it literally is like that and and straight out the camera um it was dry grassland um and luckily enough um during post-production we had a ama amazing colorist on board and and 
obviously working, you know, with the grade and everything, we were able to achieve that sort of luscious green environment with the rolling hills. Right. Um, So, yeah, so that's really sort of what um, made us, you know, I I think sort of put the film over the edge in the sense of being able to get it to that level of where people are. I mean, although they might be, they may be questioning it, they may not be questioning it. I think if you are from Germany, you, you probably would be able to tell um, fairly fairly early on that it's not Germany. But at the same time, if you're not, I think a lot of people sort of still stay involved in the film and that was the main thing right. to achieve. And then yeah. was there any sort of point then when you had all the props and everything, you were looking outside at the, the dry grass where you're like, oh no, Germany wasn't really a good plan like did you ever regret your decision with the location and the plot then or did you know that you could color correct everything and you'd have it under control yeah i, I mean we i always spoke about this with um yeah even even the colorist and um the dp in pre-production as well so that was that was a big thing that we said well, can we achieve this and and we knew that we were going to have to do removals of gum trees and removals of this and that. And so I always knew, yeah, I always knew that that was something we were going to have to do. Um, and yeah, just speaking to them and doing it, we just did so much pre-production. Like we only had 11 days shooting, but the pre-production period we spent, you know, three months on. Um, right. So yeah, so we really just made sure we prepared for absolutely everything. And every single one of my shots, I, I just wanted to, uh, we, we completely storyboarded absolutely everything and we knew exactly where the camera was going to be for every single shot. Um, we'd even stand on location and, and basically take the photo of the shot that we were going to do. So um, we, we really knew as soon as we hit the set what we wanted to achieve. And um, yeah, I guess that sort of, you know, proper preparation sort of got us over the line really, I think. Excellent. And Georgia, would you say now that Stephen was a good director, did he direct you well? He's amazing. <laughs> He's so amazing. He's so wonderful and so approachable. You know, like multiple times I had, I'm like, oh, can I do this or can I try that? And he's like, all right, Georgia, go on. So that's (laughs) that's always good, you know, to have someone that you can bounce ideas off instead of um, feeling quite stuck or like uh, feeling that you're, yeah, that you can't kind of play a little bit as well. So, yeah, no, he's absolutely wonderful. Right, so what scenes now could you give away that you threw a little bit of improv into, or was there any improv? Um, the scene, uh, the the last car scene, actually, when, um, oh, God, I don't want to be giving things away. How do I? We'll, we'll get oh, on we'll to have... that. We can probably return to it because I am bursting to ask a load of questions, so maybe okay. the audience, I don't know. how many. We're nearly half an hour in now, I suppose. Yeah, you were in a car, and you did yeah. something. We'll just say you're in a car. Is there much more spoilers to that? Um, well, no. Well, this is the last car scene, um, and we we were the sunlight. The sun was coming up, so we had to stay in, in darkness to shoot it. So we were like rushing for time. Right. <laughs> and Lee um, and I kind of just really just jumped in, and I really. Like obviously we have the script, but the, we hadn't really blocked it out or, or anything. We didn't know what we were going to do. Mm. We would just we just jumped in and said, "Oh my god, let's just do this!" And and it, we pulled it off. So that was really really wonderful. Um, I think it was just a lot of those moments of just like completely immersing yourself in the experience and then just going for it. Um, that's where the improv would come in. And then Stephen, you have to be honest now. Were you like, "Oh my god, not more improv"? I want my script to be <laughs> nice and pure, just like the Aryans. Why were you thinking 
No, no, no. Um, Lee and Georgia were lucky. Like they, they were amazing. Like they stuck to the script. Um, although sort of, um, you know, at times we we were rushed and things. I think we actually tented the car. I don't know if you know what that means, but um, we actually tented um to make it look like it was night outside. Right, um, right. On, over the last couple of days, and uh, and honestly, I, I can't even see it myself now when I watch it back. So that's fantastic. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was really basically just quick turnarounds, and and you know we really didn't have many times to do many takes, and I think um, yeah, by sort of that sort of pressure actually sometimes brings the best out. I've I've found as well, and I think Georgia and Lee um, both did an amazing job with that. They basically just made it their own as well. I mean, we went through some blocking and and things like that. Um, they knew their lines and and the way they went pretty much, which was great. Yeah, no, it's quite good now. And George, how did you find working with Lee then? He seemed like he didn't have He's too much of a prominent really. role, but you really stole the show. But how was it working with him with his small amount of scenes then? Yeah, no, well, he's he's just so wonderful. And um, I was up in Sydney actually shooting before we filmed and Lee's from Sydney. And so we actually caught up beforehand. So that was good that um, we were able to become friends before we started filming. And, and he's just so professional, you know, he's just so wonderfully professional that it was just easy to, to work with him. And he's just a really genuine, genuine man. So, yeah, it was brilliant to work with him. Excellent. And Stephen, I must commend you, actually. You didn't go for the usual tropes of early early nudity to keep the teenagers watching and also <laughs> some pointless sex scenes. So I'm glad those didn't go in. It was straight to the horror. Well done. Now, yeah. And George, yeah, yeah, so that you were that... glad that that wasn't in the film either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, no, that, that was that was definitely, yeah, nothing something I was never going to do. It was sort of more, I wanted to open up with, you know, sort of, you, you could almost say cheesy horror in a way to open up with your classical sort of start and everything, you know, young American couple traveling and all of that sort of jazz. But then really about midway through the film, I really wanted to twist it on its head and, and put a real sort of psychological aspect to it. Um, and that was where I think the true nature of the film actually comes out. Excellent. Well, I guess now would be a good time to transition into spoiler territory because I am dying to find out more about what was going on in that movie. Are you, are yep. we all good, okay. Stephen? Are you giving the blessing that we can spoil? Yeah, no, that's fine as long as George has got, got some time as well. Um, yes. But yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, how much time do I have you for, actually? I, I never really um, discussed. Maybe like another 10 minutes if that's all right. Sorry. Perfect. Yeah, I should have asked that before we started. No, no, it's all good. A few quick questions. So I'll put in uh, some transition in post right here. Spoiler warning. The following contains full spoilers for the film. Living space. Okay, now we're into the spoiler territory. Stephen, what was going on? There was... I'm going to dive straight in. It kept looping, but why did it keep looping? I want to know. What was happening? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah. So basically, um, it's a never-ending um, sort of cycle for the young American couple, unfortunately, where they, they as soon as they enter into this loop uh, cycle, and I want to leave that open for the audience to sort of discuss when that actually starts as well. Um, that's one of the big questions of the film. When, when does the loop um, cycle actually start for the young young couple? Is it is it at the bed and breakfast, or is it um, 
you know, once they enter the house or is it, you know, when, when's it actually start itself? So, um, yeah, I mean, it was really something that I wanted to combine, um, you know, a, a sort of a Groundhog Day effect with, um, with the film and really bring out uh, subtleties in each of the characters throughout the film uh, as well. And I think a, a lot of it comes down to George's uh, performance as well, uh, where she slowly realises um, each loop and her character becomes even more intelligent to what's going around uh, going on around her um and that was a really big thing i wanted to play with but um yeah the loop the loop sequence it's basically it's it's it is sort of a metaphor for we are sort of living in a, in a never-ending cycle unfortunately where things just keep repeating on themselves yeah. um and if that be you know i don't want to go into political territory with it but the um, yeah. and the neo-nazis punch a nazi all that kind of crack was that coming true <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it, it really comes down to like, you know, we're, we're just, you know, constantly just, just the world and society is basically going around in, in circles. And um, yeah, unfortunately, we, we, we can't escape it. And I really wanted that sort of to be underlining throughout the film. I mean, it doesn't have to be something that jumps out at every single person who watches it. They can watch it just for commercial value and, and enjoy the film. Um, but others that want to look a little bit deeper can hopefully see that um even straight down to george's necklace as well i mean it's an infinity um symbol i did not um, catch so that now that was very subtle yeah no no it's okay yeah so yeah no that i mean like little things like that are, are throughout the film that sort of give it away and and the, the sewing of of um you know obviously we're going into huge spoilers but the sewing of the lips and and everything as well is um you know to to you know speak no evil and and, and so forth about what what she's seen and and even um, the removal of the eyes and things like that from the, yes, the yes. officer's wife as well is, is see no evil. And um, so, yeah, and, and yeah, so it's pretty much there's a, there's a lot of underlining um, uh, little things that sort of uh, yeah, push the film to what it is, I think. Right. And Georgia, how did you find then? Because just going back to the question when you got the script, we obviously couldn't discuss earlier when you were seeing all yeah. these time bending and you were seeing doubles yourself, you obviously didn't have doubles you know behind the car the actual scene when georgia uh, when ashley finally steps out and she sees the double was there a double on the floor or was it just clever camera yeah. work how did no there was there was a double yeah right yeah and how, yeah. Did, how did you find like playing those scenes or knowing that those scenes would come back around how did you feel about that then trying to um well we had to discuss it a lot we had to talk about so we're like how are we gonna show that it's different um and and yeah i guess after lots of discussions and, and then the realization that she's coming to uh, know more like she's coming to believe that she understands more what's happening of what what could potentially go wrong um so we had to kind of make her a bit more grounded and um a little bit more sensitive instead of at the beginning she's quite abrupt and like what is taught what are you talking about i know nothing um, and then when she gets a lot more sensitive and compassionate towards the end. So, yeah, it was really, like we had to discuss this. It was, that was, that was definitely um, so, so important to be able to pull off those loop sequences. Yeah, no, it was, it was very entertaining to watch the whole thing when it started looping because around the 30 minute mark, I thought like, what? This is like a natural conclusion. There's still 45 minutes left. What's going on? And yeah kind of took off from there really didn't it it was yeah it was quite good but uh what was i gonna say there now what was your favorite scene then georgia to play what was your <laughs> favorite scene of the whole film um 
I think I really loved when um, the ghost appears behind the mirror. That was really fun because that was really technically hard <laughs> to turn <laughs> around in time and to get to um, the Jolene uh, to drop and to like not see her and things like that. So that was that was really fun and how like narrow the hallway was to like to shoot it in. Um, yeah, and just like the creepiness of having someone behind you as well. So yeah, I think that was definitely my favorite. <laughs> right, and Stephen, the sort of opposite question for you. What was your least favorite scene <laughs> to get ready? What, what gave you the most was, heartache? It's it's ironic Georgia said that because that was probably one of the more difficult ones for us to shoot. Um, to be honest, like she said, it was really constricted in there, and and in the end we we had to we had to cut that that sort of scene differently to the way I first envisioned it um, as well. Um, so instead of yeah doing it as a one shot sort of turnaround, um, yeah we had to we had to go to a, a wide shot instead but um yeah so i guess um the most difficult um the most difficult actually would have been um the 360 shot um in the room when when georgia uh reveals her lips have been or ashley reveals her lips have been um sewn shut for the first time right uh yeah that was probably the most actual difficult i knew i wanted to do something really special with that shot and came up with the whole 360 and and everything it was actually the timing though and if you notice that the lights are, are there's a lot of lighting um in that room coming through the window i was actually in the room with the with the camera um and yeah we had to duck underneath the light yeah um yeah, so i had to get the shadows yeah. yeah yeah not to get the shadows and so forth and so i mean physically that was actually the most probably one of the most difficult shots to be honest with you to achieve but we got there and i'm really really proud of it now though so yeah no it was quite good there was one shot now that you couldn't avoid the reflection so i leave that to the audience to see we can can discuss uh off air but i leave that secret well georgia i'm aware that you need to slip out and get on with your day so i'm gonna thank you now for spending a couple of minutes of your morning talking with me about the film. It was a pleasure talking to you this morning and uh, I hope to see you in more films in the future and wish you all the best with it. Thank you very much. No, thank you. It was so fun chatting to you guys. Um, Yeah, and I can't wait to do it again. Excellent. Well, you have a good day for yourself and we'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Now, Stephen, just the two of us can talk mano a mano as they say <laughs> i have a lot more questions really which were uh, directed at you specifically about the film so watching it was the hostel also in on it because there was a cheeky little ending there and the smirky grin from the yes porter what was the story yeah. of that yeah so um i mean he has a, a very uh prevalent um position in the uh in the sequel of the film actually which i've, I've pretty much done the first um first draft for as well but yeah he is 100 percent involved in it um and at the, in the last uh scene when he turns and gives his cheeky green he's actually got an ss tattoo underneath his ear right. um and there's been a very few people um that have picked up on that obviously in in a cinematic sort of theatrical environment it's a little bit easier to see to be honest with you yeah um yeah, yeah. but uh, but yeah it's definitely there so um yeah there, there is there's a he's definitely involved in it um obviously being pure aryan um as well blonde hair blue eyes um yeah pretty much the, the perfect sort of generic structure as such and hence why he was prominent to be cast as well 
um, yeah, finding that actor. He's like a cross between, um, you know, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, that bloke. He's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And where was he from himself? Was he Australian as well? No, no, he's um, from Estonia. Okay. So he's actually, yeah, so... you got a European, you stuck him in the film. Yes, yeah. Exactly it. So yeah, he was he was in obviously in Melbourne, um, and when we were auditioning for that character, and he walked in the room, and I knew straight away, yep, okay, this is the guy we're gonna go with. So um, yeah, we obviously gave him a little bit of accent training and so forth, and and away we went. Right, and then just in relation to the whole living space aspect, then how did that tie into the whole looping aspect? I was kind of struggling to put two and two together there. If you could shed some light. Sort of yeah, so I mean, obviously Living Space, Lebensraum, um, you know, Living Space being the English translation of Lebensraum and meaning uh, for, for the audience out there that, that aren't quite aware. Um, obviously, Hitler used this terminology and made it his own um, when he wanted to invade and take space back in, in World War II. Um, and anyone who basically threatened his, his Lebensraum or his Living Space, um, they had the entitlement, the Nazis, to, to basically destroy them. Um, so, it, it basically, in that sense, the film is related to a young American couple going into um, a Nazi's Lebensraum or living space as such, and yeah. that gives the reasoning yeah. enough behind, um, you know, the SS officer to actually do what he does to these characters. Um, so, as far as the actual loop sequence um, cycle of it, that's the never-ending um you know, side of, well, are we going back into that um, territory once again these, this day and age? Um, you know, and that's sort of, I wanted to weave that into the film in some capacity. Um, and to be honest with you, I just love loop sequence films as well. So I love films like Triangle and, and things like that. Um, I really want to incorporate that in my first feature. So Yeah, yeah. Well, it was quite an interesting concept because as I mentioned kind of 30 minutes in, I was like, well, this is kind of a natural conclusion. What's going to happen? And then, of yeah, course, yeah. Ashley's running through the the grasslands, the heath, and she comes yeah. back, and it's like, oh, here we go. And I was like, oh, where's this going to go? <laughs> so it was yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite good. And you recently just had the premiere last week. I think we were supposed to chat just after that, but we missed it. And at the time of recording, this episode will be out next week. How has feedback so far been for the film? Uh, it's been amazing, to be honest with you. I mean, um, yeah, I've, I've really been blown away for, for something that, um, I mean, I, w I definitely wanted to have sort of an intellectual film in a way, but also just have something where people can just watch and, and just enjoy. And I mean, I, I'd really just made this film not to create sort of poli a political environment or anything like that with it, but just for people just to sit down and just watch something, have a bit of a laugh, get a bit scared along the way and, and hopefully um, pick up on some subtleties in there to make you know the film a little bit more um enjoyable and intelligent so um yeah but the reviews and everything that have come out have, have been absolutely amazing i mean as my first feature um you never know what you you're going to get i mean i definitely know that when we had the world premiere in sydney i i was so nervous just absolutely so nervous just thinking what are people going to think uh but yeah long story short it, it's been yeah fantastic um to be honest with you our, our you know our ratings have been really great and uh yeah we got I, I can't be more happy to be honest Excellent. And then just on the flip of that then, have you had anyone berating the film or have you got any bad feedback? Is there anyone absolutely bashing uh, the film? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I've seen a few things like here and there, really. Like, but to be honest, with the general population have, have really enjoyed. It. I mean, I don't think anyone will enjoy every single film out there. I think everyone has their own tastes uh, um, of what they want and what they like. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I've, I've, yeah, I've, I think I've literally seen one or two people say that they didn't quite enjoy the film, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, maybe they've just been all hidden from me. I, I don't know, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot more uh, people out there that may not enjoy the film as much as others. But um, overall, ever, most people have really enjoyed it, which has been great. So. Right, I see. And then just in the making of the film then, when you're writing at the script and stuff, and being a horror fan yourself, were you ever afraid that you'd kind of steep into cliche and sort of pastiche when you were making it, like falling into tropes? perhaps yeah yeah well i I mean i I knew i was going to um to be honest with you i knew i wanted you know some some jump scares in there i knew i wanted you know um certain things certain dialogue as well that you know might come across to you know cheesy horror as such um i I knew i sort of wanted to go down that route in a way and, and keep things sort of you know like a you know like sort of early 90s horror feel in a way um, so, I mean, yeah, to be honest with you, it wasn't anything I sort of shied away from um, and thought, oh, I don't want to fall into that trap as such because I know so many people enjoy those types of films as well. Um, it definitely wasn't something I wanted to do where it was a schlock horror um, in that sense. I wanted to make sure it, it looked it looked great. Um, you know, the film had um, the right special effects in it. Um, you know, it was nothing like that we were going to cheap. I didn't want it to be a cheap yeah. Um, but as far as the story goes, um, yeah, I mean, I knew that there were, there were going to be those generic horror aspects to it, which um, I wanted in there, to be honest. So, yeah. Well, I know this is a horror-leaning podcast, so you're kind of going to be answering to the <laughs> choir here, but this is more for the audience. Why yep. did you decide to go with horror as your future debut above any other genre why didn't you go down say a fantasy epic or a rom-com <laughs> or something like that um i think it's i mean i wanted to i, I wanted to do horror because it's fun I, I love horror and and i think i didn't want to create some sort of drama epic which uh, a lot of um, Australian independent films are as well, to be honest with you. A lot of Australian independent uh, filmmakers, they go with um, dramas and, and that sort of thing. And, and to be honest, what, what I'm about to say is probably a little bit controversial in a way. But um, unfortunately, there's, there's, no, there's no real funding for, for Australian horror films and, and Australian horror filmmakers here in Australia um, from the government and so forth. It, it usually goes to dramas and, and those sorts of things. So I knew it was always going to be a hurdle but i i figured if i'm going to spend two years on something or two and a half years i want to be able to enjoy the process and work with amazing people and and i knew um you know steve boyle who did who did the hobbit and and um the special effects i'm talking about the hobbit matrix um and some amazing horror films he did daybreakers as well and and um predestination and so forth so um i knew i wanted to work with him and and create some special uh, special effects as well so um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, that's that's the reason why I went with horror. Um, and and also, I knew that if we didn't have that epic sort of budgets as well, we can still make a really successful film as well, uh, and something that people can enjoy and, and hopefully we can get a bit of a following behind it, so I can go on to do, you know, the sequel and, and so forth as well. 
yeah, because you, you were mentioning with the sequel, I was kind of wondering, are you going to continue with horror as sort of your genre? Or do you think you're going to try and expand on the repertoire and the set of skills then? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love sort of crime thriller um, sort of stuff as well. And like any sort of psychological thriller um, based, you know, script writing sort of my forte as such and that's what my other scripts have been in the past so but yeah i mean horror horror for now is definitely where i want to be and and obviously writing the sequel and, and just developing this this sort of story um yeah it just everything just comes together so much in the sequel as well and a lot of things uh really make a lot more sense and in, in aspect as well uh with the sequel too so i'm really looking forward to pumping that out and and hopefully having a little bit bigger budget for it and and you know hopefully people can sort of watch the franchise as such almost exactly and would your training have been in script writing would you've taught like did you go to film school or what what's your background you didn't really explore that in the beginning yeah no no i i, I didn't go to film school i basically learned by doing i did own a, a film production company for a few years though so um uh, that was down in, in Adelaide in South Australia. I owned a film production company there. And uh, although I'd done some acting and, and been involved early on uh, with that, that sort of thing, that's sort of what introduced me to it, um, it wasn't until I got uh, opened up my actual production company in Adelaide to start with where I really started learning everything about film as such and being on sets all the time. Um, and one thing led to another. And I mean, you, direct so many music videos and that sort of stuff yeah sort of make the next step to shorts and and you know you've got all your commercial sort of side of things as well so um yeah so that sort of really opened up my interest in, in you know writing and things like that and then i started writing and and you know it's it was really to say it's sort of self-taught in a way but i did work with a very experienced um he's a director of photography um but he was a, a camera operator on like Wolf creek and and that as well so he he taught me so much when i was in adelaide um and yeah i pretty much learned doing to be honest with you it's taken me many years but um yeah i definitely right and then i suppose you were mentioning there earlier you made a commercial decision to have american accents then but are you familiar with wormwood that was another feature debut yeah for yeah 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 and that seemed to take off was that just something that is more safe to do with an American accent or is something like Wormwood is that just one in a hundred that seems to blow up yeah um, it's it's hard because I mean you look at films like Wolf Creek um, obviously as Australian as they can get almost but they're they're loosely based on backs in a way I guess yeah Um, so I knew this was complete fantasy land when I wrote this um, and uh, it was just a really sort of a commercial decision to go, let's go with American accents. Um, I discussed it with uh, my producer as well. Um, she'd spent many years over in LA and she said that some people just like him with Mad Max, uh, films like that, that some Americans just couldn't understand it. Um, so they literally almost needed subtitles because yeah. um, accent and so forth. And I just thought, well, if that's the case, then, then let's, just, let's just go with American accents on it. And um, I always knew that when I wrote this, I wrote it, you know, in the view of having two Americans in it as well. So I don't think if you had Australians um, reading, well, not reading, but, um, you know, performing the same dialogue, it, it wouldn't, it, 
wouldn't make anywhere near as much sense either. Um, there's something to do with when Americans say certain things and the energy behind them. Yes, uh, yeah, the kind of phraseology and stuff. Just yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but if you've got it's yeah, it's, if you've got Australians saying certain lines, it's just it doesn't even make sense half the time. If that, if that, if that, um, yeah. So I feel I feel like you know it was definitely a, a decision that I made, and and we've had a lot of people ask us as well, especially in Australia. Um, you know, why aren't they Australian? Why aren't they Australian? But um, yeah, I mean, it literally is a commercial decision. We've been lucky enough to do with some sales nationally already, and um, yeah, so. Guess yeah no it did um i was just wondering why that was a choice i guess it's a little bit different because i definitely feel there's a bit of a, a brotherhood or some sort of kinship with australia england ireland you know we're all like yeah it's kind of the anglosphere but you're not american so it's yeah. nice seeing films where the native accent is there to some extent yeah I, I do because as you were saying americans have trouble with the accents but I think we all understand each other a bit uh, better than the Americans. Yeah. See, most of this audience for this podcast is American. So there's an Irishman <laughs> talking to two Australians. <laughs> I, you can't really have subtitles for a podcast. So I might have to do yeah. some sort of American voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I think they should be able to understand me just fine. So, yeah, that's all good. So what are the future plans then for Living Space? Are you hoping to get a distributor worldwide or get into the festival Yeah, circuits? so we've, um, yeah, well, we've, we've been lucky enough. We've got our international sales agent who's working very hard for us. And um, yeah, we've already sold a couple of um, international territories, um, which is fantastic um, and had offers uh, coming through from the US already. Um, so North America side of things, um, yeah, UK, uh, Looking like a, a good deal is coming through from there. Um, yeah, we've already sold Japan, Scandinavia. Um, so yeah, it's and, and you've you've got a heap more <laughs> coming through hopefully in the next few weeks, which is fantastic. So it seems like yeah, the international community have gotten behind the film. The distributors can see the marketability in the film, and and hopefully we can get it out and as many people as possible can watch it. Excellent. And I'm just wondering now, have I missed anything today? Is there anything glaring that you'd like to mention uh, um no not really um just just i guess the um yeah the support behind um independent filmmaking um i guess that's a big big part of a big part of this as well i mean we're trying to compete with you know studio films that have you know multi-million millions of dollars um in their pockets and and pushing out films constantly and i guess um for me in particular, I mean, it's been a it's been a full time job for two and a half years on literally no money, and it's um, as an independent filmmaker. I mean, even I went to my first film premiere and I had a hole in my shoe just because that's <laughs> just what you're gonna do almost. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's such it's such a long journey, and I think hopefully um, audiences can relate that when they watch the film and, and go, wow, these people put in a lot of time and effort. Um, and you know, yeah. So uh, hopefully the film gets received well and and legally. Um, <laughs> let's hope that's the case. And and yeah. Excellent. Yeah. No, it's funny enough because I did recently speak to someone else from. They're based down in Adelaide as well, who is independent. Yeah. So it's kind of funny now. I'm, I'm seem to be chasing the Australians for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're we're trying to make things happen here. It's it's pretty difficult. Um, but. So yeah, we're, I guess that was one of the big things going into Living Space. I wanted to sort of create a, a studio-looking film 
um, on a independent budget. And, yeah, uh, no, it, it does look great. Actually, yeah. it's a testament to what your yourself and your team did. So if I had oh, a hat, I would take it off. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> no, it's very good. I'm always impressed when someone can pump out a feature-length film on a budget. Uh, it's always very impressive when it comes off well. So, well oh, done. Fantastic. Thank so, you. Thanks very much. Stephen, Appreciate I'd say it. we could start winding down now, so, and you can get on with your day. Uh, is there anything else? I know I just asked you, but any other little thing? Where can we find you online then? Yeah, so um, just well, I mean, you can find um, most information out about the film on the on the Living Space uh, Facebook site. Um, yeah, so it's just Living Space Film. Um, same for Instagram and Twitter as well. So Living Space Film, um, and yeah, feel free to tweet me at Steven Spill Director. Um, yeah, or um, yeah, get in touch with me online in Instagram or anything like that as well. So super, Stephen. Thank you very much again for coming on, spending some time out of your morning and a pleasure talking to you i got a lot of insight i got a lot out of that uh, it was worth the chat especially after just seeing the film everything's fresh in my mind so i just yep. love the internet the way you can hit someone up it's the director you watch their movie and then you discuss it i just find that fantastic <laughs> yeah no that's amazing so no thank you very much for having me i, I really appreciate it so thanks excellent well enjoy the rest of your day and we'll talk again soon no worries, thank you. And that, everyone, was my chat with Stephen and Georgia. Great bunch from down under. Really enjoyed my chat with them and got a lot of insight for myself having watched the film. Got a bit of closure, extra closure. So I'm looking forward to the sequel on that one. So if you want to find out more about those two, you can check out the show notes for all their links. And from me, as always, at The Fear Merchant, you know at this stage, The Fear Merchant everywhere at fearmerchant.com. If you want to send an email, any feedback, thefearmerchant at gmail.com. And don't forget to drop a like, review, comment, etc. So, until next time, you take it handy and stay safe. See you next time. would appear there's only one thing left for you to do. And what would that be? Stiglitz. See how fit is into your Nazi boss.